0: Well, welcome to you all, and I should say a cave meal of which is Irish for 100,000 welcomes. And before we get started, I'd like to welcome all my new listeners from 540 Silva and the Western Region, and my new listeners from V Radio 1490 in Hickory to Morganton, and of course, all the listeners on 1350 WCGM which is independent actual radio and my executive producer today is leslie godbold and how are you today leslie i am well how are you paul well i'm doing quite well and it's good to have you back uh, because i know my show will go out and be well well produced and uh, well thank you i'm glad to be back so uh (laughs) do you have a nice memorial day weekend we did. We had. It, it was sort of a little bit quiet. I, was, um, I just gently went over to Black Mountain. I didn't get really, uh, over to where they were having the memorial over there. I didn't get into it too much. I just stayed in the background because I don't have anybody in America that uh, was lost in any of the wars. So I was sort of going there for my grandfather who was in the Irish Army for a long time, even though he didn't die in the army. But... Uh, he was he was in it during the Second World War, and of course, in Ireland, at the Second World War it was not we were not at war, so it was only an emergency in Ireland from nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty five. So it was sort of, but it was just for him because i had been thinking about him for uh, this last uh, couple of couple of months, and um, I just thought it'd be a nice gesture. Definitely, definitely. And of course, for all our veterans. And for everybody here, being a new American, I'm always proud of our military and anybody that served, who serves, and who wants to serve. So I'm always very sort of cogent to what they put their lives, because they signed a check and, you know, they don't look for anything in return and, you know, they put all on the line for us. So I can be on this radio show talking funny enough from around here. So that is true. That is true. And uh, you're still having trouble understanding me a little bit, do you? No, I understand you. <laughs> okay, great. Well, well as everybody I knows... I say that and now you'll say something I don't understand, but... <laughs> <laughs> probably, I probably will. I said Cave Mila <laughs> do you know what that means? No idea. But Cave Mila Fulci is Irish for 100,000 welcomes. Uh, okay. So, I'm sort of saying Cave Mila Fulci to all the people out there. So, hopefully... They'll get to understand the old Irish brogue little little by little, and we'll have a bit of fun with it. So before I just sort of start the show, uh, I want to welcome uh, my sponsor, who's Village Antiques. Now, if you happen to be, you know, on your holidays in in the Bunker area, and you happen to be going to Biltmore, you know, uh, house or something like that, or down at the historical Biltmore Village. Why don't you go and look for Village Antiques because they they really have uh, a wide range of good quality antiques of all different sizes. Everything from paintings to furniture, be it American, Irish, English, and anything from jewellery to glass to pottery, silver, gold, and whatnot. So if you get a chance, go to Village Antiques, which is on 755 Biltmore Avenue. And they have a website called villageantiquesonline.com. dot com. So, please go in there and talk to Terry and uh, Dave and tell them that the Irishman sent you. Now, today, sort of, uh, because I have listeners from uh, further afield and, uh, prob- and and because they would probably have difficulty understanding me, I sort of I decided just be a little bit easy. Back into the flow of things, because my uh, thirteen fifty listeners are so used to me now. So I want to try and, and gather the rest of the people in. So if some of you have heard some of this stuff before, bear with me, and then you know we can get on. We can get on with uh, doing the important stuff. So today I'm, I want to sort of talk about a little bit about glass, and I've been threatening to do glass for a while. But there's so many different varieties of glass. You know, you have the colours like Bristol Blue and you have um, Cobalt Blue, which is another name for Bristol Blue. You have uh, Cranberry, which is my favourite. You have Ruby. You have Green Glass, which of course, being a bit Irish, you have to have a little bit of green. And you have Black Glass. Particularly in America, there's a lot more Black Glass and um, heavy, heavy blue, uh, sort of Wedgewood-like glass. So... One of one of the people I want to talk about today um is um Mary Gregory. Now Mary Gregory was born in eighteen fifty six and she died in in nineteen oh eight. And she is well known for this sort of it has been put to her name which is Mary Gregory Glass. And it's beautiful, it can be normally it's in You know, it's in red, cranberry, green, not so much in blue. I don't think she did too much in blue. I think blue came after her. And um, one of the things that she sort of perfected with her sister was this process of putting enamel on glass. And what she would do is that she would, in the enamel paint, she would mix in uh, glass powder, you know, powder glass into it and then when it would be painted onto the, the side of the glass it would then be fired. When it is fired it would become a part of the, the glass. And if you look at Mary Gregory's stuff, you can sort of see um, you know, one of the things that she was famous for was sort of putting, you know, Victorian children on it. And um but a lot of people a lot of people seem to Uh, you know considered that the work the artwork that she did for that was much of a much earlier period and of course there was a sort of like uh, there was a myth going around about mary gregory that that she was really an old woman at that uh, because she was never married she was always miss mary gregory and that and the myth was that being an old woman that she painted the children onto the glass because she never had any children of her own. Well, it's sort of... I think it was sort of done by the Westmoreland Glass Company, that, for advertising, because they began to to market her uh, glass in the 1920s, well after she had passed, and they called it the Mary, Mary Gregory glass. And they, you know, they really pushed it. Um, they did it with... Um, all different colors of glass, and it went right up until about the 70s. that went in for a sort of a, a light blue type of color glass. They put it onto black glass and they put it onto other types of stuff. Now, the thing is that Mary Gregory glass is quite fake. It's fake. A lot of it is fake. Uh, the real old original stuff of hers. Is quite expensive. You, you know, they chop your hand off. Most of the glass came from Bohemia, England, or Italy. The glass itself, and it was done over here. Bohemia now is the Czech Republic. And um, her sister, you know, they began. It was he here. It was herself and her sister that did this, and it became a great popular demand. The early stuff. Now, one of the reasons, one of the ways that you know if the early stuff was not faked, is that they could never really fake or reproduce the miniatures of her uh, stuff, like little goblets, little perfume bottles, little things that that could uh, be put into the, the pocket and what the women would wear or whatever, and um, it, so. If you're, a, if you're out looking for it, you just have to be very, very similar to watching uh, what you're out looking for. But then Fenton and other American companies did reproduce it in a big way. Now, when we come back in the second um, part of the show, we will talk about another person that sort of uh, ties in with the Mary Gregorys. And uh, we hope that you will join us again in the second part of the show. You're listening to us on 1350 WCGM. 540 Silver. You're also listening to us on 1490 uh, uh, from Hickory to Morganton. And I look forward to seeing you on the other side of the show. welcome back to the show called Talking Antiques. My name is Paul Perdue and uh, you are listening to us on 1350 WZGM Independent National Radio and uh, also 540 Silver and the Western Region and on V Radio 1490 on Hickory to Morganton. And you can also look at my Facebook page which is Talking Antiques. Please go on the Facebook page and Leave some some messages or whatever. If you if there's something that you want me to talk about in a future show, I would be glad to listen to it. And also, the show is also I have some podcasts of the show on the Talking Antiques page, and uh, you are welcome to listen to them as well there. Now, in the first part of the show, we talked a little bit about Mary Gregory and uh, her sister, and uh, talked about how she got started with this. Uh, you know way of making glass or doing glass and adding on this white enamel paint that had a mixture of uh, ground glass into it and gave these beautiful pictures of children uh, you know and figures of victorian style children uh, in and very pleasing and very simple and very effective way of doing something and it was something that a lot of people had never seen before in, in the early 50, 1850s and to the 1900s, and it became quite popular because it was, you know, elegant and simple, and uh, they looked beautiful. Now, on the second part of the, the show, it's sort of, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the pottery of Walter B. Stevens. Now, an awful lot of, not an awful lot of people sort of know about him, but... He's famous for the Pisgah uh, Forest Pottery. And um, it is it is sort of local to the area, you know, the the Western North Carolina, the the Appalachians and, and that. And I just wanted to talk a little bit maybe about him and to why I tied it in with the Mary Gregory because I was sort of quite surprised. I had never seen any of his pottery until about a couple of weeks ago. And I decided just to, maybe just do a few moments, a little bit on it today, and maybe I might try bringing in one of the old items that I talked about before. Now he was he was basically inspired by the the Arts and Crafts movement, and Stephen and his mother, you know, began the first pottery in uh, near Memphis, Tennessee, about nineteen o four. And of course, without uh, prior experience, they produced slip-decorated pottery of exceptional merit. Stephen created the shapes in which his mother applied multicolored floral decorations on matte green background. Then after that, they decided that um, they would move, and they moved to Skyland, North Carolina, in about 1913, where he established a second pottery, the first uh, full-time pottery. In the state. In 1926, Stephen began operating on his third pottery, Pisker Forest. Here he explored Oriental glazes and forms, pioneered the first crystallized glazes in the South, and developed his cameo ware, which resembles English Wedgwood jasper. However, unlike the English ware, Stephen's work was not modeled but created from hand painted multi layers of porcelain reflective of his early experience of the West, Stephen the Porson cameo scenes included covered wagons, Indian huts, cabins, fiddlers and other scenes of American folk art. And I think that because of his when he did his journeys around the country and around the you know, the great state of America, the country of America, he came across these early things like you know, Wedgwood and Jasperware, which had all of these cameos laid onto them, and one of the things that he obviously came across was Mary Gregory Glass, because if you look at some of his pottery and stuff, it very similar. It's laid on very similar to the way that she did it, and that's when I first, when I first seen it, I was taken aback because I thought it was just somebody locally. Basically, trying to copy uh, Mary Gregory in the style of, um, or in the style of Mary Gregory, but they're doing it in pottery. Uh, because in Ireland, I did collect Mary Gregory. The stuff was very pretty, hard to come by. But I had never heard of uh, the Pisgah Forest pottery. So the. the The Pisco Forest uh, had gained national recognition from numerous museums and and private collectors. Major exhibitions of Stephen's work have been held in the Mint Museum in Charlotte and Ashfield Art Museum in North Carolina, the Memphis Brooks Museum of Art in Tennessee and the McKissick Museum in Columbia, South Carolina. Recent record price... uh, set for a Pisgah Forest cameo, example, bringing over $9,000 and a vase going for $8,700. So his stuff is very, very collectible, particularly his early stuff. Now, his later stuff, which his family carried on after his death, is not as collectible and not as um, sought after as Stephen's stuff. And... um, when uh, it was owned and operated uh, in by Stephen K. Stephen stepson. The pottery site was the last best preserved historical pottery in North Carolina, virtually unchanged from the nineteen twenties. The workshop contained the nineteen seventeen clay filter press, the nineteen twenty nine wood killing, and early containers of glazed ingredients, all from the twenties. Following Case's death in 2014, the pottery was permit closed and the historical contents were donated to North Carolina Museum of History in Raleigh. Now, you can find out further information of, of uh, Stevens' life and Walter Stevens's life on pottery archives. And there is uh, a person uh, that seems to be an authority on it, is Rodney, Rodney H. Ledwick and he seems to be a a a, a, a sort of a, an expert on Walter B Stevens so if you want to get more to know about the pottery of Pisgah Forest pottery that is the person to go to and in future shows i will probably go into more depth of some of his stuff and put up some of the pictures of what he what he had and what he said and what he sold and I wanted to just sort of bring in today, just as I'm getting used to my new listeners, just something local and something from the mountains, something from the Appalachians. Even though most of my knowledge is on European antiques and uh, English, Irish, Italian, a little bit of French, whether it's in furniture, whether it's in flatware, pottery, uh, silver, jewellery, stuff like that, I just thought today would have been nice, just to bring in a little bit of Americana. And uh, some of the things we would probably talk about, and what we have talked about, if you listen to my podcast, have been on fountain pens and pencils, have been on uh, silver, and also hallmarks and Queen Anne style furniture and Davenport's and marquetry and you know uh, antique clocks. All of this stuff has been talked about over the last 14 or so shows that I've done with the help of Leslie here and has been a great learning experience and I hope that I can carry on telling more and more about uh, collecting. Now, you are listening to us on 1350 WCGM, Independent National Radio. You're also listening on 540 Silva and the Western Region. And you're also listening on V-Radio 1490 from Hickory to to Morganton. You can also hear uh, look at me on my Facebook page called Talking Antiques. And you can also listen to podcasts on my Facebook page if you are so inclined. And I look forward to having you all listen to me again on my next show. And always remember... No matter what you collect, no matter how you collect it, always enjoy the journey. Slán.